Hello and welcome to the 57th episode of Downtime Podcast featuring Elisa and Jeremy. Elisa uh, can't be here today, so I brought in a special guest, co-worker and friend, Darren. Hello. Hello! <laughs> uh, Darren's here to talk about games. Just everything gaming. He's had a little, he's had some experience working in the games industry, so uh, how, as far as you want to go into that, uh, I'll let you drive that. But for now, we're going to talk about stuff that we're playing. Excellent. What are you? What are you playing right now, Darren? Right now, what I've been playing most in the last week has been Quake Champions. Ah, uh, yeah, I just long time id game fan and fan of Quake Three Arena. Uh, played a ton when that was first out many many moons ago. Um, so I thought I'd check it out. They had a, a free weekend on Steam, and then it was like I think. It, it costs some amount of money for some reason for a while, and I think they're going into a more clearly freemium model, and they give you free access for the rest of their sort of early beta period mm-hmm. if you played that weekend, I guess. I don't know. That was sort of my understanding. But anyway, so I've been playing that. Uh, right. It's been fun. Just cool. cool. Good old multiplayer shoot em up with rockets kind of stuff. Is it a Twitch suit shooter? Because I remember from the E3 uh, press conference at, for Bethesda, they talked about it being super fast-paced and there's like no reloading and it's just like the old Quake games. Yeah, I mean, it's it? basically that. Like you have a – from a, the point of death, you have a short respawn time. Um, but like it's like three seconds or something like that. Oh, so you, gotcha. you die, you get back in real quick. Um, and hopefully you don't respawn in front of the person who just killed you. <laughs> um, or maybe you want that for revenge. I don't know. Uh, right, right, right. So there's that. And then I've been still trying to get through the Zelda game. Ah, on uh, Switch. Yeah. On the Switch, yeah. Like, I love it, but it's just... I've only beat two of the... Uh, or I should maybe say completed two of the uh, Divine Beasts. So I'm so far from finished with that game it's great i love it so i kind of don't ever want it to end but i don't even have the master sword yet oh wow okay i need two more of the uh um the mini dungeons which i'm forgetting the name of right now but i just need to get like two more orbs before i can uh get one more heart so i can then get that damn sword Uh, gotcha gotcha how clean do i need to be on your podcast can I you swear? Can, no, you can okay. swear. Excellent. We say we say everything. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> well, not everything. But <laughs> we say everything yeah. up to that fuck, could go so. downhill quickly. Yeah, I know. We're not, so, so we're not going to go that. Don't route. give me that breath of uh, freedom. <laughs> you can swear like a sailor. It's fine. <laughs> I, okay. So yeah, th- those are the two things I've really been playing. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. On my end, I've been playing Yakuza Six. I don't know if you're familiar with the series. I haven't played any. I'm familiar, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Elisa and I were really huge fans of the series. Uh, a lot of our listeners have been getting into it as well because we've been like just gloating about the series. And mm. uh, right now, uh, I'm kind of finishing up the sixth game of the series, which is the last for the main character since like 2000 whatever is when the first game came out. And he's been everyone's been following his journey for like like 16 or so years. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of an emotional journey. Sure. Um, and for me, like, I didn't want the game to end in the sense that you did with Zelda. I didn't want it to end because I'm having so much fun with it. And yeah. I, knowing that it's his last ride, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to finish it. But yeah. uh, Tuesday night, I finished the game. It was a very, very emotional ending. Yeah. I didn't cry, but I was like, oh, I should cry. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of stuff I have to do to finish the game, like side quests yeah. and, and like side missions and mini games that I want to finish and just 100% the game. So you still have that abilities? Is it open world? Like, I, I don't know too much about right, the game. Right. So, so it is, 
So it's open world. Yeah. You get to still finish the game, but go back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to speak. Yeah, okay. exactly. Well, that's good. Yeah. How new is that Yakuza game? Like, how, when did oh. it come out? So in Japan, it came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. But in the U.S., it came out in, oh, man, was it March? Oh, no, it was April. They pushed it to April. So it came out in April. Alisa and I got our copies in April, and we've been playing it for two or so months. April this year? Yeah. April oh, wow. This year. So it yeah. came out a while before it mm. came out in the U.S. It was in Japan. Okay. It's, uh, the reason that is because translation took so long, since this is the ver- the first fully voiced Yakuza game. Oh, okay. And so literally all the dialogue is voiced, and they need to have subtitles for everything. Yeah. So I'm Sure, that's they... a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. And then, like, not everyone knows about um, Japanese culture, so they want to kind of introduce you to some things um, just through the text. And so you'll, you'll see a lot of that when you're playing the game, if you play the game, and you'll see a lot of, like, the... the, the why something is a certain way, or or, or just explaining the, the trans like the the cultural aspect of it that okay. a lot of people don't probably don't understand. So now, if somebody wants to play a Yakuza game, mm-hmm. do you think they can just start with six? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, uh, and the main menu of six, you can go to a section called Memories, and it'll like show you a recap of literally all the previous games. Oh, okay. Which so you get nice. that story even though you may have only played the... Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can still catch up, but I feel like there's a more emotional impact when you actually play the game, understand the story. Of course, you yeah. know, that that's that's all said and done. So. Totally. Yeah, no, I've been playing that, and uh, maybe you're familiar with this game. Uh, recently, Pro Team had a sale on Steam for all the Serious Sand games. Nice. So I, my brother and I bought all of them, and we're playing them all co-op together. That's great. From one to three, because the fourth one's coming out. Um, the few things I can say about Serious Sam is, yeah, the first Serious Sam came out when there was this lull, or at least I felt so, in single-player first-person shooter games where, like, Doom had done such a great job, and, and Duke Nukem was a really great game. And I'm talking 94, 95, 96. And yeah. then there's a bunch of just rip-offs, that, like just not really well-thought-out games that didn't bring anything new to the table. And Serious Sam didn't bring too much, quote-unquote, new to the table, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they just found a way to grab that essence of crazy firefights um, and just sort of that ridiculous level. So they brought... They did what Doom did really well and then married it pretty well with what Duke Nukem did with just the cheesy character. Absolutely. Um, and I loved that. I'm kind of excited about the new one because they're saying they're trying to get, what was it, some stupid number, like 100,000 characters on screen at one time or something like yep. that for enemies to fight. And I'm like, that just sounds absurd. Yeah. But, that, but that's the point of the game, to be absurd. So, Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. So. I I will be buying that when it comes out. That's yeah. pretty much a guarantee. Just Same. to check it out. So uh, and on that note, when in the first game, there's like what like like 30, 40, 50 enemies on screen at a time, and that enough for us was challenging. Yeah. So like this absurd number is going to be like. Like, what? You better be reeling, like, two chain guns at the same time yeah. to kill everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm, and they're showing the motorcycle. So I'm yep. hoping that there's some play on the motorcycle as well. Like, I'm hoping you actually get a ride around with some stupidly large gun while riding a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. While, while, while killing the, you know, thousands of bomb guys as they're running at you. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, good. I wonder how the co-op is going to work since there. It's implied that there's going to be like four-player co-op or whatever. Mm. Like, do you all get motorcycles? Do you have to get two sure. motorcycles? You know, right? Like, <laughs> how big are those maps, and how do you keep track of each other? I mean, there's plenty of ways from a design perspective that they can manage that. Absolutely. Yeah, like, but 
there will be design considerations that they'll need to keep in mind when they're thinking of how are you going to have four players be able to stay near each other mm-hmm. and still have thousands of enemies on the screen coming at you. Like, you yep. need a lot of space to have that happen. Yes. And then if you, yes. the more space you have, the harder it is to keep players together. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about it until just now. That'll be very interesting to see how they try and solve for that. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, the, I know that the, the games on Steam, it was the first encounter and the second encounter, they have 16-player co-op for the campaign. <laughs> so... I, <laughs> We, I didn't know that. Yeah, oh so we haven't done that. My brother and I haven't done yeah. that. We've only done two player co op. Yeah. But that's all I've done too. It's yeah, I don't. It, I think it's going to be insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 16 people in the, in the first two games. Like, if they could do that with a fourth one, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. But that's, again, that's what it's about. Just the absurdity of it. And that's what, that's why people like the Serious Sams. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I think that's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where they're going to go with, with the, the direction of the game as far as, like, gameplay wise. Because, um, I don't want to say that it's getting stale. I will just say that, you know, the same thing over and over again. All the people kind of want diversity and totally. they want something different to play. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. But, yeah, those are only two things I'm playing right now. Um, uh, moving on to E3. Were there any yeah. games that stood out to you that you would want to buy day one? Uh, so let's see. So, I, I'm i still a little hesitant, but I mean, Fallout 76. Yes. Like, I'm going to check it out. My It looks great. It looks beautiful from what i've seen if if everything i've seen is really like representative of gameplay yeah i'm fearful that it's it, they're definitely not calling it an mmo but they're saying there's you know it's an open world where lots of players will be together in, in a single area yeah um and so i'm fascinated to see how that plays out and as long as it's people numbering in the hundreds and not thousands yeah what i don't want it to be is the elder scrolls online because uh, yeah. what I wanted, what I wanted with that game was I wanted Skyrim um, multiplayer. I wanted to play with like three other friends in, in the in the world of Skyrim. That's yeah. what I really wanted. I wanted that sort of feeling. And what I got was just this ge- generic feeling MMO where I'm running around to dungeons that are open to everybody. So you'd run into a dungeon, somebody would kill a boss you needed to kill, and then you would just be waiting there for the respawn of the boss. And you're like. <laughs> This, uh, and God knows, I don't know what it is now. I'm never going to find out. I'm not going back to the game. They yeah, may yeah. have fixed a lot of those things that I thought were problems, but like that's what I'm afraid Fallout 76 will be. Mm-hmm. So hopefully not. That's what I'm going to get for sure. Um, yeah. uh, I'm such a Doom fanatic that the next... <sighs> the And the new Doom uh, that came out in 2016... Yeah. Can't recommend it enough for anyone who likes first-person shooters. Yeah, but yeah, they grabbed the essence of what made Doom great originally in the '90s, mm-hmm. and then were able to translate it. Where there's Doom Three when it came out uh, in 2002, whatever it was, um, they tried to make it more of a sort of uh, spooky game. There's a lot of like cheap scares, a lot of you're in the dark. You'd have to switch between your flashlight and your weapon. Um, and that's sort of, and there was a lot of like, oh, it's going to take 12 shotgun shots to take out this not too difficult of an enemy. So there weren't a lot of enemies. And then this Doom is far more, have you played it at all? Have you played it? Uh, I was going to say, my brother bought it for me on my birthday this year and I couldn't put it down for two days. Okay. I beat it in like two days. Nice. Yeah. I, I played all the Dooms. I played all the Dooms. Haven't <laughs> been able to get that far. Uh, just life holds me back. Yeah, of course. Um, but, of course. But I'm slowly getting through the first one, so I haven't beat it. But I've loved every minute I've played of it. So yeah, you get into these yeah. 
you know, you just sort of move from scene to scene, right? There's a lot of just like hallways that are like aesthetically uh, interesting um, yeah. as you go between fight sequences, basically. Yeah. Right? You know, like big room where you fight in, some interesting looking stuff, uh, and maybe a little bit of their light story that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then big room you fight in, um, and I thought they did great on that. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to beating it. Um, I also love the secrets they have that yeah. are all based on the old dooms. It's, but, a, it, uh, yeah. it's a throwback for sure. It's great. <laughs> I fucking love it. So that one too. Um, Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things I found interesting, but nothing. It was sort of lackluster to me. Like okay. Uh, Mario Party looks interesting, but I'm not like jazzed to get it on day one. Yeah, it's Mario Party. Yeah, you know, it'll so. be Nintendo always sets the same price for their games. Yeah, in like in in five years, it's still going to be the same price for whatever yeah, reason. So it's just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't need to get it day one. Don't yeah. need to wait for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think my kids would probably dig it. So oh yeah, I'll probably get it at some point. Uh, I probably won't be getting uh, um, Smash Brothers. Okay, uh, just where I'm at in my life, I don't have time for that and people to play with. Yeah, uh, so. for sure. Or at least not regularly, so I don't think I'll end up getting that one. I'm really just waiting for the next Metroid. Yeah, <laughs> that's point. they didn't say anything just, about that. No, they didn't. I was so surprised. And I read something with the president of Nintendo US yeah. you know, saying, like, hey, we don't announce things really normally until it's, like, nine months out. That's fair. Like, they're like, that was sort of teaser was just to let fans know we were thinking about it. Right, And, right, like, right. it's there. You'll get it someday. We don't want to do that year after year. I'm like, I get it. You don't want yeah, to yeah. pull people along. But, like, God, I was, especially now with what they did with Zelda. I'm like, I know it's a different studio and whatnot. But, right. like, I want to see it. I just want to see what they do with Metroid. Yeah. No, so. I think it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I mean, everyone, there's a lot of fans waiting for the next Metroid series or yeah. the next Metroid game in the series. So. Um, another game I'm sort of interested in was The Division 2. Um, so The Division was a, a, an interesting game that I thought had lots of flaws in it. And The Division 2, just reading about it, sounds like it could solve some of the the sort of flaws in what I felt were flaws in the yeah. game. So, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that. But uh, still, again, back to it. Fallout 76 is probably the only one that I'm like... Hyped enough to like day one buy. Same, yeah. yeah. Uh, and going back to what you mentioned earlier about like Elder Scrolls Online and how things might not be there when you get there. Um, my question about the nukes was: I think oh, we right. talked about this. Like when you nuke a town, um, was it still going to be there in the, in like a few? Yeah, days, exactly. What happens? Right? So, I mean, they said the progression of your character stays. So if you right, die, right. You happen to die in one of those nukes, yeah, you might lose some stuff that's on you but you don't lose your overall character progression it sounds like so, which is good which is good yes because yeah. they're like hey here's the uh you get fucked button and you weren't even <laughs> trying to you're like i was just trying to get to my house and yeah yeah, you know, yeah you're like uh and so i'm very interested yeah what happens to the area it is it just decimated forever or does it yeah. sort of respawn to its previous state how much is destroyed right is it right. really just sort of like vegetation is destroyed but even right. that at some point will the whole world just look like a blasted out <laughs> you know it's like because in theory you'll probably be able to nuke just about everywhere on the map i assume mm-hmm. um and then what if you nuke an area? Ooh, this is interesting. Yeah. What if you nuke an area that's highly radiated already? Will it create more powerful 
creatures in the area. Oh man, uh, that's going to be scary. Interesting. What if you all? What if all the nukes nuke the same area? Like, will that create even bigger yeah. powerful creatures? Well, like, <laughs> and, and will it have a deeper effect where players can't go into that area without having ill effects or needing? Uh, you know, uh, radiation resistance, like heavy radiation resistance for a long period of time. Right, right. Mm, I know oh. in the trailer, they showed all four players wearing, like, power armor going into, like, a, a like the nuclear launch site. Yeah. So I think that that site's already, like, heavily irradiated, so you yeah. will need that kind of po- special power armor to yeah. go in there. But, like you said, if two nukes hit the same place, like, do you need better armor than what you currently have to yeah. get in there? Like, you, you just can't go in there in general? Yeah. I don't know what the game's limits are. You know? <laughs> and I do wonder what there's obviously there's got to be some sort of reset on the nuke too. Yeah. Unless yeah yeah yeah. Unless it's a one and done. There's so many nukes. You you have eight nukes in your map or whatever, right. and you just use it and it's gone. So many questions, and I'm interested. Yeah. Like I'm interested Same. enough where like I'm glad they didn't. Glad glad they didn't tell me more because in the respect. Um, because I like to be surprised a little bit. Just the Absolutely. same thing. I don't like a trailer of a movie to show me all the great jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pissed if that happens. So, <laughs> so no. Yeah. No, I, I will be probably buying a day one as well. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Fallout fan, Bethesda fan. I, just, I oh. love what they make. So, uh, so e, what was the one thing uh, from, was it EA? Oh, God. What was that game? The really neat looking game about. God, I'm sorry. I'm pulling it's my okay. phone no, out. No, no, no. It's trying fine. to recall. They had this one indie, indie kind of game. Okay. Um, Shooter? No. So it was like uh, there was like a girl with um, a girl with what like dark eyes, or not dark eyes, red eyes. Yeah. Sorry, that was a conference phone, and in, in, we're in an, we're in one of the conference rooms. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, girl with red eyes, sort of curly black hair, uh, sort of a painterly style to it. Something about being alone, and she's got to, like, there's creatures in the water. There's sort of a town submerged. Oh, my God. I'm totally oh, forgetting. I have no idea. Oh, my God. It looks so cool. That sounds like it would probably be part of EA's or Ubisoft's press conference. It definitely wasn't Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft, Ubisoft was very lackluster. Ubisoft was uh, a joke. <laughs> um, sorry. As I keep looking, I'm trying to no multitask, type no it, and worries. talk about it. Um, God, I, I was very excited about it, and now I'm just not um, remembering... Uh, do, 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 do. Well, I'm not going to find it. It's fine. Thing. So yeah, it's I'm going to move on so I don't <laughs> just have silly dead air. But yeah, so there's something they had that yeah, was sort yeah, of an yeah. indie title. Um, and it, and it, it looks very cool. There's a lot of um, indie games in CRD3 that I thought were really interesting. Like, they have a lot of potential. Um, two of them I want to mention. One was Atomic Heart. It's a first-person shooter set in, like, a, po- like a alternate post-apocalyptic-ish Soviet Union. Okay. And you have, like... You're this character that there's not a lot of detail about it, except for what I just told you, and that you're just put in this world where there's like clown robots, there's like zombie looking creatures, there's mm-hmm. like water moving creatures. Uh, you have like the Blade Runner pistol, you have like machine guns. It's like this weird looking yeah, game. Right. It's a first person shooter, and it looks really awesome. I think that's like it, it's kind of like I need to check that out. Yeah, it's kind of like it's called Atomic Heart, and it's kind of like not really Doom, but like Serious Sam meets Doom meets. Wolfenstein. I don't know how to okay. explain it. Like it's 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 crazy. It just looks like you're fighting like like 30, 40 enemies at a time. Right. But and it's like in this kind of a closed quarter environment, but also open world ish environment. And I, I feel like uh, I, 
I feel like Wolfenstein opened the door for these the excitement maybe by developers for the alternate uh, alternate history yeah kind of yeah, games yeah, yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah. like that's popping up a ton more now um and, and it's not a bad thing no it, no no it's um and maybe it's just my perspective because it's on my radar now absolutely but um and I feel like Wolfenstein and Doom brought back kind of what Half Life was going for back when Half Life Two came out sure and, and Half Life was like the silent protagonist which Doom has yeah, yeah. and also a very really, like engaging single player story like there's no multiplayer for Wolfenstein. Yeah. It's, it's literally just a single-player story. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because a lot of people before were just playing Call of Duty and right now Fortnite, PUBG. Yeah. And they're just playing, you know, shooters to kill each other. But when you have these awesome single-player stories that have, like, really engaging characters, I think it's something that it's like th- this post-Half-Life 2 world. Yeah. And this, like, like Half-Life 3, you know, kind of, like, waiting for that yeah. to come out. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I wonder if we've already had, like... Yeah, I wonder if people are making games just trying to be a spiritual successor to Half-Life at this point because there's not going to be a (laughs) Half-Life. I think that's exactly what we're going for. I I keep wanting them to make another game because I'm like, I love the games they make, but like, it just feels like they they make too much money just supporting their, just supporting Steam and the the Mm -hmm. multiplayer games they have. Agreed. They're not going to. They they feel no pressure. Well, I mean, they they bought a Campo Santo, the the studio that made Firewatch recently. Oh, did they? Yeah, I so, missed that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know <laughs> what's going to come out of that purchase. I don't yeah. know if they're just going to integrate them into supporting other games, which I hope not. Yeah. Because Firewatch is the only game that studio has made. Yeah. And I believe Campo Santo is based in San Francisco. Or, oh. Yeah. So uh, I hope that whatever the the purchase came out of that, I hope that they make another game using yeah. another Valve property or their own property or whatever. So mm. whatever comes out of that deal. So I haven't actually played Firewatch. Same. I'm <laughs> pretty sure it's on my want list on Steam. Yeah. But that list is also like 200 long. Like, and there's a Steam sale, which reminds me. Oh, of that's I, happened. That started. It just like, started. Yeah, and there's a lot of games on my playlist that I bought that I haven't played yet. Oh, you and I have had this talk before, where it's like this whole conundrum. Four hundred, you know? right? Or something like that. <laughs> so many. Uh, before we move on to the next topic and the final topic, I want to just mention to you: if you're looking for a game to play day one with your kids and your and just your family overall, I recommend Overcooked. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I can't stress stress this enough. Like I played this with Lisa and a couple friends this past weekend. It's a game that it's it's a so simple premise. You just have to get ingredients to cook. You chop right. things. You just put it on a plate and you serve it. It gets intense. You'll yeah. be like, get the onions, get, get the onions, chop the onions, chop the onions. You know, like give me a plate. I need a plate to pour the soup in, and you, and you just deliver. It. So oh, you're, we did it. you're teaming up to do the 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 cooking and, yeah. and the preparation. Yeah, uh. and the second one was announced at E3 this year. Yeah. And it's coming out for the Switch, PS4. And like for the for the switch, you just need four Joy Cons, and that's yeah. it. It's such a simple and fun game. Oh. It's so cute too. They're like yeah. there's a little dog. His name is Kevin. There's like the Onion King, and you can choose your character. There's right. like cute little characters, but it's intense, and it's it's a very good team building, team bonding experience. All right. So like like you, your kids will love it. Your yeah. wife will love it. You'll love it. Like I was playing with my, my family. Like they were getting really into it. My right. parents they don't play video games, but they were but, good. Okay. Yeah, but my dad he, when he was. Well, when he brought us, my brother and I, he was just playing, like, shooters. When he played this, he's like, oh, this is a lot of fun. Very stressful. I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> my mom was like, come on, what's the next level going to happen? I'm like, oh, my God. Awesome. Well, that, overcooked. That's good. Yeah. I, I'll need to get two more Joy-Cons. But, like, I'm basically just looking for an excuse, uh, or at least a good enough excuse. I only have, you know, the two that the system comes with. But right. 
Um, I have Mario Kart, and I play that with my kids, kind of, but yeah. I only have the two, so it's always just sort of two of us play while one waits. Right, right. Um, so well, I keep going, well, maybe I'll get more Joy-Cons, but I'm like, my girls play it three times a month. Like it's, oh, I see. So I'm like, eh, okay. can I really afford? And then I, then I need to get the charger for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I know what you mean. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I spent an extra 150 bucks or something like that. Well, uh, so, yeah. we were talking about refurbished things before this podcast started. Yeah. I will say there's two reasons I want to give you to get more Joy-Cons. One reason is that Overcooked is, Overcooked is only 20 bucks. Oh, okay. It's that's really a, cheap. That's a nice price. Yeah. And then uh, Joy-Cons, you can get refurbished for a lot less on Amazon. Uh, just just two Joy-Cons. And the charging dock is like 12 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. Refurbished. So, okay. So that's not bad. I mean, if I'm spending like 40 bucks or so-ish, that makes it easier to, to swallow. Yeah. Um, so that's all I want to talk about E3. Uh, if you don't mind moving to the next no, part, absolutely. And this is the final part, and it, will, it should only take a couple minutes. Um, I just want to ask you about it's a kind of a three part question. Uh, your history of gaming, kind of what got you into games. Um, uh, the second question, adding on to that, would be gaming as a dad, which you kind of already answered just now. And um, and adding on to that question would be sharing games with your kids. So sure, yeah. okay. So I mean. I've been playing games for as long as I can remember. Uh, we had an Atari 2600. We, what I really remember though, um, the first game that I really, really remember playing a ton is just the first Mario, the like Mario and Duck Hunt cartridge on cool. the first Nintendo. Cool, cool. That's like, I just really just playing the heck out of that and the first Mega Man game, uh, and the first Castlevania game for that matter. Those, um, I remember really well. Um, I played the first Metroid, but I didn't play that till I almost got a Super Nintendo. Uh, um, so that was a little later. Loved it. It just wasn't yeah, yeah, one of my yeah. first memories. Um, and I also played uh, a really early PC game, this baseball game, which was all just, I mean, just pixel art, literally. It's just like, you know, the, the batter swinging was just like, they, they would be in the position about to swing, sort of this position of mid-swing, position of swing done. Wow. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> and I just remember I played the hell out of that game, too. Nice. Just because I'm such a baseball fan. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know if it was a good game, but it was the only baseball game I had, so I was going to play the hell out of it. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, I've been playing games for as long as I can remember. I mean, at least six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a little earlier. I have a three-year-old uh, brother, three years older than me. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, he was getting stuff, and I was always excited about it. Of course, yeah. yeah. So, um, so that always been pretty big into Nintendo until I got out of my teenage years. I didn't have anything that wasn't either PC or Nintendo. Like I didn't have PlayStation. Gotcha. Um, I didn't have Sega. Uh, systems. When I got into my early 20s, I worked at Sega for a brief period of time when oh, the wow. Dreamcast was around. Mm-hmm. So this starts to get into a little bit of my life in gaming. Yeah. Uh, so I worked at Sega, um, got a Dreamcast for free, which was fantastic, and got sure, to yeah. try stuff out. So <laughs> so that was my first Sega system, and uh, ended up being the last Sega system, yeah, yeah. sort of. Do you still uh, have the Dreamcast? Uh, no, I don't. I sold it at some point. Oh, I did. Man. Sort of sad. But I got a ton of money for it. Like it was, oh, wow. it was surprisingly like I got almost two hundred dollars for the wow. system. I got almost uh, uh, two hundred dollars for the the total of for the games that I had. I didn't have a lot. Yeah. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the controllers. Like, I think I only sold one controller with the system, then I sold another one separately. Like, yeah, I yeah. got so much money for that for, for whatever reason. It's it was a really good system for what it was, and of it course. did a lot of things yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So I miss I miss it in some ways. But um, uh, so I worked at at that point working uh, at Sega. I got the Dreamcast, and that sort of propelled me in to different areas uh, of gaming other than Nintendo and PC. Um, but yeah. so going back a little bit though, so first games I remember Mario, but doom was the game that I like, just, I can't get over. I own doom on so many different systems. When I bought an Xbox 360 and they put doom on that on the store, yeah, I yeah. bought it, forced my friends to play it for a week. I have it on, I have the game boy advanced uh, Doom cartridges. <laughs> wow. Um, I have Doom on uh, three and a quarter floppy inch disc. Wow. Uh, I have Doom on. Yes. You're a Doom fan. Doom fan. Like, yeah, and, and absolutely. I don't keep a lot of games. At some point, I just sort of sell most things off, yeah. especially if I don't have the system. guys sorry about that we were uh we had to change rooms really quick but uh darren continue all right uh yeah so uh we were talking about where i sort of started in games a little bit of how i got into games i guess and then sort of where where i started uh so like i said i was working at sega um and uh from sega after i was there for a while it was at the height and the fall of dreamcast i was there for about two years uh it was really great um, in a lot of ways, except for the whole, uh, most of the company being laid off at some part. Um, gotcha. So after that, uh, I wasn't in video games for a few years, and I got back in. Um, I worked with a company um, called Page 44 Studios, and uh, there, the company did lots of uh, ports of games. We did, like, Tony Hawk. Uh, we, uh, forget which Tony Hawk, but... Uh, yeah. We did a port uh, to the Wii and the PlayStation 2 when the PlayStation 3 and the uh, and the Xbox 360 version was the new hot thing. Oh, cool. Um, and so we did a lot of those things. And then we also ended up making a lot of games uh, with Disney. Um, yeah. And that uh, has, like, uh, one of the best things that I've ever been able to see in my life from, uh, from making games mm-hmm. was... Uh, we made a game called Disney Princess Storybook. <laughs> and at the time, it was sort of a uh, it was sort of a challenge for the studio to really get the creative juices going and really try and invest ourselves in something that maybe wasn't something that was most of us would have been playing at, at any point in time. Uh, it was like an interactive sort of coloring activity book kind of game. Okay. It, it was a neat concept. And yeah. if I was a kid and it was a Transformers thing, I probably would do it. Yeah. Um, you could like sort of color pictures um, and then you could print them out even and stuff. You could like save them to an SD card and print them out. Um, or just print out these coloring pages and then color them, you know, with real crayons. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... 
you know, we, we always wanted to do the best job we could, um, but it was hard to say if we were doing something that was meaningful for the audience. It was hard to get play testers that are kids. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the fact that I have two daughters now, yeah, uh, I got to show them that game in the oh. last couple of years, and like they were really enjoying it. And I was like, oh my god, it worked. We, <laughs> we did it. We, you know, the, yeah, yeah, the secret yeah. sauce was there somehow. We made it work. Um, uh, and so that was a good feeling, a sort of uh, post experience of it all. Nice. The the company page forty four was fantastic. I worked with lots of great guys. Um, cool, cool. Then I also worked for uh, Zynga for a couple of years, and I mm-hmm. worked mm-hmm. Uh, for a couple other companies. Um, you know, and the gaming as a as a career, uh, game development, I should say, not gaming as a career, but game development as a career. Is uh, it can be a hard life because you have so many right, companies right. that are just vying for the space and trying to make a mark. Uh, and from all the grand, fresh ideas that are there, there's lots of companies who are just trying to squeeze in and take market share, and they're happily willing to rip off other companies' ideas fairly blatantly. Uh, <laughs> recently, just seeing the Westworld game. That uh, Fallout that looks a lot like Fallout Shelter. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's looks right. Looks a lot like Fallout Shelter. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was, I was just reading an article about that, and yeah, so they're being sued, and I can't speak to whether there's value and truth in that lawsuit that mm-hmm. Bethesda has, but like, I can see why they're like, wait a minute. Um, but so working in games is just just hard I mean you got so many people want to be in the industry like let's just take it from that perspective Um, so companies generally A there's just lots of companies there's lots of competition so that really means that the uh, bottom line to make a game has to be pretty low to just start which means people's salaries generally have to be pretty low Um, so you get a lot of uh, companies that work like they're the uh, the Oakland A's to take a baseball analogy <laughs> and to the whole money ball thing where they're just, you know, they're working, they're looking for young, fresh talent who happen to be really good and need to make a name for themselves. And that's how most companies thrive. There are exceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Valve seems to do pretty darn good for themselves and they don't quite work that way. But yeah, um, but yeah, that's so a lot of companies you know you make a game and then you're not sure where your next uh, project's really coming from when that ends yeah you have people trying to line stuff up but there's no guarantee if you don't have money in the bank you're just trying to find a publisher for the next game idea or trying to find yeah and it's hard and I've seen I've seen several companies fold that I've been with and then uh, I've also seen or fold or sell off to somebody else okay Um, and then that's just me. I mean, I've been through the experience three times. Uh, and then I have friends who have been through it more with the wow. companies. And it's not because they're not good at their job. You know, it's just game's done and there's nothing else to do. Right. Like, Work is over. That it can happen with a great game can come out. And then he's like, well, we got nothing for artists. So we got to cut our design team down wow. to like some bare bones. And yeah. It's, it sounds like uh, a lot of people don't realize there's not a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty yeah. in video games. Yeah, huge. So, so I don't 
I'm not in there anymore. <laughs> yeah, you got out. You got out of that life. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't miss that aspect at all. You yeah. Know, that's, there's, there's a lot of fun and creativity. And it, it's great when you have to understand what you're developing really just kind of means I get to play test my game. Like mm-hmm. that can be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a lot of sorrow. I've seen some projects that like worked on really hard for nine months and then it never saw the light of day. It just got sort of squashed. Mm-hmm. Right when the point where you start thinking, I think we found the fun. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, somebody yeah. else high up goes, what we didn't find was how this can be marketable. And <laughs> like, oh, you're kidding me. There's something there. We just need to give it more time. Oh, man. That's... But, you know, that's, that's the life of trying to balance making something enjoyable, but yet making it uh, profitable. I yes. Guess. It's, it's all business. Yeah. Games are business. A lot of people don't realize that games are just business. Hence, yeah. like the whole Star Wars Battlefront Two EA loot box thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. EA, EA is a money making machine. That's yeah. that's what they do. Yes. So, yes, they got to find ways to make yeah. money. So, and like on some level, I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I sometimes would like to see some more balance in how things are done. There's got to be a, a better way um, to sort of streamline everything. Uh, and make it easier to get consumers things they want while also trying to be innovative and push new ideas out there because obviously consumers like stuff that's familiar a lot of times but they will get bored yes of the same old thing over and over again i mean we've seen that so like mm-hmm. you have to even in the game like you know elder scrolls like you can't quite make the same exact game you have to evolve it a little bit yeah not just visually but like try and add some new things in and try and spice up features that didn't quite feel that exciting the time right. before gameplay um, mechanics anything like yeah, that yeah you know? leveling up yeah yeah and stuff like that um you never want to say totally still Agreed. um so that's i mean that's a good summary of my time in video game development I still do things on the side sometimes I really like uh, I really like working with game uh, level editors to (laughs) work on stuff so I it's been a long time since I've really done this but I used to have a TF2 server that I had up that I paid for awesome and and I would just put my maps that I worked on and have that's so cool (laughs) have game nights and have friends from the industry that make maps come in and give me their feedback that's so cool Oh man! So awesome, yeah. Uh, and so I've been very lucky to have that sort of thing. Just friends who, it's just what they do. You know, yeah. they they're still out there working in these games. And that's crazy. Um, uh, yeah, one of them might actually be working on a new Star Wars game that I'm excited about. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know that for certain, but I know okay. what company he's with, and so I suspect he probably is. Nice. Um, well, hopefully that will come out in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You never know. Yeah, but yeah probably. Yeah. Uh, and so going more into where me as a gamer and a father mm-hmm. so like I mentioned um, I got to show my daughters a game that I made and they liked it and I was like yes this is great yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's it's interesting to watch my children getting into video games and, <laughs> and trying to like balance like I love video games. My wife has no interest in video games. And I'm always trying to balance, like, they need to get out and have exercise and and do, like, active things. Yeah. But I have always sort of felt, 
video games are good for the soul, or at least good for my soul. Yeah, I yeah. find them to be generally relaxing, yes. with some exceptions. Agreed. Um, and uh, so there's just the fun to be had there, and there is good camaraderie and sort of friendly competition to learn from it. Um, so my girls and I play Mario Kart sometimes together. Like I've mentioned, and that was adorable. And they're they're starting to really get it. Even the six year old, you know, just sort of bumping me off, trying to bump me off out of the way and stuff. And just being like, "Yes, I got you, Dad." And I'm like, "All right, well, you know, we'll see if you get allowance then." But uh, <laughs> but it's it's fun and it's exciting. Um, and my youngest definitely has. She'll try and take our our tablets like our ipad and just install games and so she's always trying to play games wow hey (laughs) so it's it's a minor problem that i have to hide the tablet because i'm like no you didn't you know it's and again it's like finding a way to balance like the the needs of stuff like i need her to learn how to read so like okay you spend 20 minutes reading you can have the tablet for 20 minutes and stuff and you know it's just like have to make sure she gets through the reading and stuff um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's plenty of other games that I'll probably get for the Switch uh, that seems to be mostly where the interest lies. Though there is uh, one game I have on Steam is Lego Worlds, I think. Cool, awesome. Um, so the the Lego Minecraft yeah. game, <laughs> yeah. which is a weird thing to say. Right. It's like, Minecraft is like Legos. And now it's all come for full circle. Yep. But... <laughs> Um, so I have that, and I sort of played it a little bit when it was in the early release. So I haven't gotten into it. It looks fun, and I think I'm going to show my girls that and see yeah. if they want to play around with that on, on PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I have to let the girls play on my computer. Oh. And then what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so we'll see how much that actually happens. Yeah. When they get older, are you going to introduce them to Doom one day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like, you know, and you can't push. Like, I'll show it to them, and we'll see if they care. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't want to be, you know, try and force it upon them. Sure, some, sure. Some golden idol that they're supposed to worship. It's just like everyone has the games that they love. and like Absolutely. I kind of feel the same way. Uh, games and musical instruments. I think there's a game out there for everyone. I also I, think that of musical instruments. I agree, yeah. Uh, it just somebody, you, you need to find it, and it might not mm-hmm. always be... The most extravagant one. I mean, could just be your voice as yeah, an instrument. You know, your voice. So <laughs> you might really just love playing Minesweeper. Yeah, you know, you absolutely. Might. It just it, as long as you find it fun and interesting, it doesn't really matter what the game is. Yeah. Now, people love Farmville. Lots of people do. I don't. It's not my gig. I don't really get it, but it, it's clearly working for a lot of people. Yeah. Still. Yeah. To this day, so like, who am I to judge that too harshly? Yeah. Um, from a from a sort of game, I think they could be kinder to their their audience in their pinch points and trying to get money from them. But <laughs> that's a different that's a different topic. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, I don't. So I think I've gone through sort of. I talked about my career a little bit. Yeah. I talked yeah. about being a gaming dad as yes. well. So yes. I. Uh, was there any other part of the question I missed? No, that, that's... I have rambled a bit. No, that's fine. That's exactly what we do on this podcast. We just ramble about different things that Excellent. are even, even video game related sometimes. Fair so. enough. <laughs> uh, since we did take a break, yeah. uh, I thought it might be worth bringing up, even though I mentioned this often. Yeah. The Sea of Solitude was the game I was talking about earlier where I'm gotcha. like, yay, something, loneliness. <laughs> so um, 
that was one from E3 where I just saw it and I'm like, oh, this game looks really pretty. Yeah. Um, and the tagline is just great. So Sea of Solitude. When humans get too lonely, they turn into monsters. Wow. That's what happens to Kay. Now only monsters can change her back. And so you're sort of going through this what looks like a very lonely uh, town, from yeah. what I can tell, that is mostly submerged in water. And there's these yeah. monsters that are swimming around in the water, which perceivably are ex-humans or something. I don't, you know, I don't know exactly, but it's just, the trailer was very cool. I highly yeah. recommend checking it out. So, okay. can't really call it an indie game because EA owns the right. company, but, right, right, right. or they're publishing it at least, so I don't really feel like that's truly an indie game. But, anyways, that's one I was very excited about. Probably Would you play that with your out. girls? Like, well, I don't know. That one's deep. And that's like, that's <laughs> another, like, that's a conversation about, like, there's video games for fun, but, like, you were talking about Yakuza, right? And you're, mm -hmm. like, following the character's story arc. Yes. And, like, that meaning in a game, that meaning it has to you is just, like, that's an interesting thing about games is, is when are games not just about fun and they're more uh, even deeper enriching experience? Where you, that you might get from a book or even a movie, and you might think of those more as like, oh, it's that you know Emmy award-winning movie about blah blah blah. You know, it's that that great story of whatever you know Sandra Bullock and Blindside, and they're yeah. talking about like it's you know it's something about a meaningful actual story that sort of speaks to the human condition. Yes. Um, and Sea of Solitude has that potential, I think. Okay. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but that's. Uh, an even more rare thing, I think, to find in games. I don't find the human condition when I play Quake Champions. Right. I find fun. And <laughs> yes, that's fine. Yes, yes. But, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes in a good RPG, I'll find something like that. But that's that in itself is probably a whole topic uh, for another day. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Cool, Darren. All right. Uh, yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is very fun. Thanks for chatting. I love chatting. Yeah, yeah. I learned Especially video games. Oh, yeah. I learned a lot about your gaming career today. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. All right, everyone. You've been listening to the 57th episode of Downtime Podcast. See you next time.